Good morning, everyone. Hopefully you are doing well today. Today we are in Acts chapter 7. Some really good stuff, so let's start together. Then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, Leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his descendants, even though he had no children yet. God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where he would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaved them, God said. And in the end, they will come out and worship me here in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. And the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob and when Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs of the Israelite nation. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be slaved in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles, and God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and all of his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there, as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb of Abraham, and had brought, bought from a certain price from Mahamar's son in Shechem. <clears throat> As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. This king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so that they would die. At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home when, for three months. When they had, no, had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. One day, when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives and the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, so Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. The next day, he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you ruler and judge over us? He asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his two sons were born. Forty years later, in the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he went to take a closer look, the voice of the Lord called out to him, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals. 
for you are standing on holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groans, and I have come down to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. So God sent back the same man his people had previously rejected when they demanded, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Through an angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, God sent Moses to be their ruler and savior. And by means of many wonders and miraculous signs, he led them out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, and through the wilderness for 40 years. Moses himself told the people of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness when the angel spoke to him at Mount Sinai. And there Moses received life-giving words to pass down to us. But our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wanted to return to Egypt. They told Aaron, Make us some gods who can lead us, for we do not know what has become of this Moses who brought us out of Egypt. So they made an idol shaped like a calf. They also sacrificed to it and celebrated over this thing that they had made. Then God turned away from them and abandoned them to serve the stars of heaven as their gods. In the book of the prophets it's written, Was it to me you were bringing sacrifices and offerings during those forty years in the wilderness of Israel? No, you carried your pagan gods, the shrine of Molech, the star on your god Rephan, and the images you made to worship them. So I will send you into exile as far away as Babylon. Our ancestors carried the tabernacle with them through the wilderness. It was constructed according to the plan God had shown to Moses. Years later, when Joshua led our ancestors in battle against a nation that God drove out of this land, the tabernacle was taken with them into their new territory, and it stayed there until the time of King David. David found favor with God and asked for a privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob, but it was Solomon who actually built it. However, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? asked the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both heavens and earth? You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth must you forever resist the holy spirit that's what your ancestors did and so do you name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute then even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one the messiah whom you betrayed and murdered you deliberately disobeyed god's law even though you received it from the hands of angels the jewish leaders were infuriated by stephen's accusation and they shook their fists at him in rage but Stephen full of holy the Holy Spirit gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand and he told them look I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting they rushed at him dragged him out of the city and began to stone him his accusers took off their coats and laid him at the feet of a young man named Saul as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell on his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. This is the story of Stephen. Stephen was a man who did ministry. It was recorded that he was ministering and delivering food to widows. Um, and he delivered this sermon, a short sermon compared to mine on Sunday. 
I go for about 40 minutes. That was pro that was seven minutes or so. I have a timer and it's right there so I can see how long this is going. Again, I'm going to try to keep this around 10 minutes and it's easily to do so because as we see, the verse I want to pull out for us today is chapter 7, verse 55. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And the question today is, what does a full life look like to you? What does a full life look like to me? What is it that we hope to accomplish in this life? You know, we, we talk about um, reverse engineering in our world where we, we have a product, we try to reverse engineer it um, so we know how to get to that point. Um, those who want to find a technology. There was a movie with, um, what's his name? Ben Affleck uh, called Paycheck, I believe it was. It's about 10, 15 years old now. Or maybe more. I'm, I'm not as young as I as I pretend to be. Um, anyways, going back to the sermon, the message. Uh, the, you know, he was an engineer that would reverse engineer something, and they would pay him tons of money for it. And for most of us, too, if we're working towards something, it's best for us to work with the end in mind. If you have a goal, then you could trace your step back to see what needs to be done in order for you to reach that goal. Um, because if we don't, we're going to fall into so many different tangents and traps. Like a pilot, too. And the reason why I'm giving these examples is just to help us understand that it's important to work with the end in mind. A pilot, for example, if he doesn't know his destination, if he flies just a little off course, in an hour he would be way off course because he's going in a different trajectory. And the same thing goes for us. What does a full life look like? And if we look at Stephen's life, this was such an honor for him to be able to stand in front of people to, to, to talk about Jesus Christ from, from the beginning all the way to, you know, to the end where they, and he accused them of what they did, boldly, respectfully. The reason why I read with the tone that I did, he, he addressed them as brothers and fathers. He, he respected these men as leaders, but he spoke with truth. And we see time and time again, people who stand up for what is right, they are willing to die for it. And not, you know, be angry and mean about it, but they, 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 they are willing to be humble and suffer for what they believe. But as we see Stephen's life, despite is its brevity, um, the measuring stick of our life shouldn't be how many days we live or what we accomplish or how happy we are, but how obedient we are to what God is doing in our life. You see, with Stephen, again, there was, a, there was a passage that you know, we, we see in here. It says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Towards the end, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he did what he did. You know, if we look at our lives, we have to question, what is the benchmark for my life? What am I living for? What is my hope? What is my dream? And what good will it be in the very end? If we're all going to be heading to heaven, then what's the point of you know, gearing up and gathering everything for us today and, and, and living with stuff, having material things. And with Stephen, we see what is his purpose? He served briefly with the apostles. He preached a message that any one of us could do if we knew our scripture. And he died for what he believed. Humbly, quietly, with a loving heart, and forgiveness on his lips. 
Lord, don't charge them with this sin. Can we say that to people who persecute us? Can we say that to people who hurt us? Can we say that to people who need to know Jesus, but they don't, and they just don't seem to want to accept him? And with that, he died. At the hands of angry men. At the hands of people who persecute the faith that we believe in. You know, we look for role models in our life. Where do we look? I think Stephen's a great role model. What are you willing to live for? What does a life, a full life, look like to you? And if you could figure that out, and if it looks something like this, then it's time to work with the end in mind, to reverse engineer Stephen's life, and to live the way he did. Again, Acts is full of messages that convicts our, us today, believers who are living in this world at this time period. And my hope and prayer is that it was convicting to you as well as it was to me. Have a great day, everyone. Enjoy the days that God has given you. But if he calls you to step up, do it boldly. Do it like Stephen. And we'll see each other in heaven. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you at the next one. Bye-bye.